You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast brought to you by Podcast With Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says generosity is a biblical mandate, but it's also good for our soul. Now, in a polarized, me-focused world, generosity helps us take our focus off of our own desires and refocus on the world around us. And joining me on today's show is Gabe Cooper. Gabe is the founder and CEO of Virtuous, a responsive CRM and marketing platform helping nonprofits build lasting relationships with their donors. And he's also the author of the top-selling book, Responsive Fundraising, as well as the co-host of the Responsive fundraiser podcast. Now, after serving in a leadership role at a large nonprofit, Gabe went on to help build a series of successful software products in the nonprofit and for-profit sectors. And as Teams products, well, they've been featured in Wired, US Today, or USA Today, I should say, New York Times, and Apple's WWDC. Now, his drive stems from a passion to create market-defining software and help charities reimagine generosity. Now, on today's show specifically, he's going to share how understanding how God's plan to subdue creation in Genesis helps us make sense of our work, understanding the importance of generosity to transform the heart of the giver, as well as the importance of durable relationships that transcend success and failure. So welcome, Gabe. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's a joy to be here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the work that you were doing. Was it something that you'd always enjoyed or what was the journey for you? You know, it's it's funny. Um, it's kind of related to, I think, the first uh, kind of question or point that you mentioned in the intro. But I, um, I started as a software developer, um, but grew up in a church where, uh, you know, um, real Christians sort of became pastors and went into ministry. And so I thought I felt a little bit less than than because I loved building technology and serving people in that way. And I did that for a while and then kind of felt um, convicted that I wasn't really creating good in the world and went to work for a big nonprofit. And I think after doing that for a couple of years, I realized, man, I don't think I can work in inside a nonprofit the rest of my life. And also my theology was probably a little bit out of whack thinking that the only way I could serve God would be um, in ministry. And so that was sort of the start of my career. But I spent the last 15 years running a couple of different tech companies, Virtuous being the latest. And um, it's been a joy to serve in that way. 
And now, of course, we realise that when we talk about the mission field, that is in all of the workplaces and spaces and uh, on the sports field, and uh, we can all glorify God in, in all areas of, of our life. Let's talk about understanding how God's plan to subdue creation in Genesis helps us make sense of our work. Was this something that you'd, you'd experienced yourself and, and possibly see others struggling with as well? Yeah, I see. I see, especially business leaders struggling with it um, every day. People, there's a pretty massive disconnect between our Sunday morning experience and our Monday morning experience. You know, we sort of show up at church and and do that thing, and then what we start doing on Monday morning seems pretty disconnected. And I think maybe some of that stems from a misunderstanding of of the first part of Genesis, where God says, um, "Subdue all creation." He actually creates us to work um and and work isn't a result of the fall work came before the fall god is a working god and and he works in creation and i think probably reading a few different authors and being exposed to a few different people i better understood that the work i was doing wasn't a necessary evil or a result of sin but it was actually sort of god's way um that he was giving me to uh show off his glory and to love on the people around me right and um, the way you love on the people around you is not just, you know, being nice to your coworkers and cussing less. It's it's more about, you know, that the actual products that you're creating can influence an industry and influence the world and show common grace to the people around you. And so I think that's that was my sort of big discovery earlier in my career. It's it's uh, bizarre. Well, not so bizarre when I share. I, I was actually going through the the Bible plan that I read this morning. And what often happens to me, I'll start and I go, oh, I have to finish the whole seven days. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I end up going through the whole lot. But talking about that exact same thing, how some people think that work came because of the fall, through the fall, after the fall. And uh, in actual fact, no, I mean, work, um, you know, there's Bible verses that, that was quoted that, you know, do everything that you do to, the, to his glory, you know, and yeah. and work. As we said, and I love the show that I just had previous to you uh, with uh, was Scott Kokenow, and he was talking about how now his work, he just loves it. And you're in, he's in a zone, which you are too, when you're mm -hmm. thinking about um, creation, you know, creating tech and now being able to use use that tech, your clients use that tech. I mean, had you not created that tech, they would not have that facility to be able to do that. So no matter what, it, as you said, no matter what industry that we're in, our expertise, the products we develop, the services that we offer are of service to others and support mm -hmm. achieving some sort of goal. Was that something that um, came about after hearing something? Was it, was it some Bible verses that kind of near and dear to you, Gabe? What, what happened for you that you finally came to that realization? Yeah, I think um, part of it's, uh, I'm a big reader. So, you know, it usually takes reading a bunch of stuff. And I think there were, I was introduced to a community of folks that were Christian entrepreneurs that were thinking this way. And so they helped me flesh it out. That was part of it is community. And then, but yeah, I, um, I, I read Andy Crouch's book, Culture Making, um, some of Dallas Willard's work, um, a few different authors that really framed up a much more holistic view of the gospel. It's more than just fire insurance, that actually how we work and what we create matters. And so, um, yeah, I think that it was probably several influential authors that helped in that. 
Yeah. So, you know, for those of you who may love to reach out to those authors, go back and watch the show again. Or maybe what we'll do, uh, Gabe, is send me an email with who those authors are and I'll put those in the show notes for others to, to read as well. Because it is so true, isn't it? Everything that we do and, and you know, the Lord commands us and, and encourages us to do our work with integrity and excellence. You know, all of the time, how we know that we need to be in church is exactly how we need to be in the world. And as we're doing our, our work with integrity and honesty, and we can make such an impact that way, can't we? Especially in when t situations happen where perhaps from a worldly view, they someone might go one way, but when we do it, you know, the Lord's way in following Christ, that can be a real salt and a light in yeah. that particular situation, can't it? Yeah, it can. And I think um, just the sort of biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. We, we think about that in terms of, you know, the obvious kind of things, which are, you know, be nice to people and, you know, care for your neighbors when they're in need and, and do the same for your coworkers. And that's all kind of the obvious stuff. I think the less obvious stuff is, you know, I have a buddy who, who sells um, mortgages, right. Which doesn't seem, you know, incredibly connected to the gospel in obvious ways until you realize he's helping families be able to live in a home and so they can make amazing memories. He's causing human flourishing. He's helping roll back the effects of sin, of stress, anxiety, and disconnected families and creating place for people to flourish as a family by being a great mortgage broker and he helps usher people through that conversation and takes the anxiety out and so sort of enrolling back the effects of sin he's able to show off the glory of god not just because he's loving his neighbor but the the actual work itself is sort of participating in subduing creation that way and i think that goes for almost every job whether you're you know a teacher or a software developer whatever it is you can see very tangible ways where you're you're able to roll back the effects of sin and, you know, um, my, my friend that's a baseball coach, he always talks about, you know, what will baseball look like in heaven? And so he tries to coach baseball in a way that that showcases what baseball will look like perfected. You know, we're not we we compete, but we we're also friends with the people we compete against. We are a team for others. We you show respect. We, uh, and so we work hard and with excellence. And so in being a great baseball coach, he shows what baseball will look like one day when things are put right. And I think that applies to every uh, profession. I think that's where we miss as Christians sometimes is it's so much more than just sort of the obvious stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's easy to love, uh, love our neighbors, but the neighbors that we get on with, Maybe not for the neighbours that we wouldn't get on with or, you know, yeah. how are we looking at people from different cultures or, or, and different mm -hmm. backgrounds, how easy it is to to fall, you know, into judgment through not having lived and walked in their, their shoes. Mm -hmm. I love that. And this really segues beautifully into understanding the importance of generosity to transform the heart uh, mm -hmm. of of the giver, uh, share a little bit more about this because this is all about our neighbours, you know, and, and mm -hmm. even our enemies, you know. We're, we're told to love them, told to turn the other cheek, which is not always that easy, let me just mm -hmm. say. So mm -hmm. Share a bit more about understanding the importance of generosity. Yeah, I think generosity has this magical ability to shift the heart of the giver. So it obviously does good in the world if we're giving to, let's say, fund a well in Africa, it provides clean water in that village, and that's obviously loving and great. But 
I think we live in such a, a divisive world. And, and part of the reason is I think people are sort of bent in on themselves. They're, they're focused on, you know, my own right, my own entitlement. What, what do I get? And they're, they're not really focused on the people around them. But when we give away our time, our talent, our social capital, something happens in us where we become unbent on ourselves and we're able to look at the world around us in new ways. We become sort of less selfish. And so I think, and you know, what's ended up being a very polarized world in 2020 in a lot of ways, whether it's politically or, or COVID or, you know, social justice, um, we're finding people thinking a lot about themselves. And I think generosity is a great cure for helping people think less about themselves and more about the other. And so um, it's just magical that way. I also think too that when we when we look at um, communities, we realise that we do not just work, live on our own. You mm. know, we are very much made up of the local communities, state communities, country communities, but even larger portion, the global community. And we've proved it. We've had proven that what happens in one country can shut down the entire world. Here in Melbourne, we've just come out of a very strict lockdown. Um, we hear Melburnians and Aussies tend to, I think, be a little bit more, uh, yeah, all right, if we've got to knuckle down, we've got to knuckle down. But it wasn't easy. But now, you know, we, through community doing that, now have zero, you know, zero COVID and, and zero deaths for 20-something days in, in a row. We did that as a community. And I think that's what you're saying. We need to be opened up and saying, well, I don't want to wear them. I'm not going to do that. It's got to impact the community, isn't it? And we've got yeah. to think of others and that ultimately is, is going to impact others. Share a little bit about some of the work that you're doing in, in, in Virtuous and, and the impact that they are then having because obviously, you know, through that they're doing a lot of amazing works globally. So mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share some, you know, some success stories perhaps that that you you can because I think, you know, success stories or stories like that really mm -hmm. uh, speaks a, a thousand words. Share a little bit more. Yeah. So um, at Virtuous, we call ourselves a responsive fundraising platform. And, and that's because we want to help um, nonprofits respond to all their donors like major donors, basically treat people like people and not ATM machines. We found that nonprofits sometimes struggle um, with being a little disconnected from their donors. They'll send out direct mail appeals. I know we've all got the letter in the mail from our favorite nonprofit, and it seems a little impersonal and a little institutional. And that's frustrating because giving is one of the most personal things you'll ever do. It's we give to causes that are deeply personal to us. Somebody in our family is affected by cancer. And so we give to cancer research. These are things that are our heart is wrapped around. And so at Virtuous, we want to help nonprofits connect more personally with their donors at scale, not just the person giving $50,000, but the person giving $5. We want them to be able to connect personally. And we think when you do that well, it increases generosity. So um, we also care about nonprofits giving back to donors. We think generosity begets generosity. And so one great example of that, we had an organization that during some of the hurricanes in South Carolina and the U.S. a couple of years back, um, they a lot of their donors were impacted by hurricanes. And so they use technology. So they use geolocation data to determine where all of their donors were located along the coast. And then they 
they used a thing called marketing automation, which allowed them to automate a series of emails to those people to check in and let them know they're praying for them, make sure they're okay. And then they prompted people on their team to give, give donors a call just to check in on them and make sure they're okay. Right. So you're using sort of really the kind of modern technology that a Facebook or Google would use, but you're using it to be able to give back to people in, in really meaningful ways. And so that, I mean, that's just one example, but I love that one because it's just such a great example of, of loving on donors in a personal way. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, I know that you spoke about that within the donors, within the not-for-profit um, arena, but what you've just shared can be rolled out in every aspect of our life, isn't it? I mean, right. reaching out and saying, hey, I'm just thinking of you. Is there anything that I can do? Can I pray for you? You know, that kind of thing can just be what that person needs uh, to hear and often as you said we you know we can be so stuck in in our own situation that we don't see that others need that support and it is when someone says thank you i needed that it really just does something doesn't it that mm -hmm. you feel, i'm just so glad that I, I i did that is that what you find and what really what you're talking about mm -hmm. transforms the heart of the giver yes yeah that's exactly right i think um you know, it just takes a little bit of giving sometimes and we're good at giving to our family and then maybe a little less to our neighbors. And as those concentric circles go out, we, we kind of become more selfish. Like we don't think globally, we barely think locally sometimes. And so I think it's those moments where we can, you know, and, and nonprofits help with this. It happens in all areas of life, but if I can give to a doctor who's providing medical care in Guatemala, and then I get a story back about the impact of those lives and those kids. That not just gives me, a, it gives me a dopamine rush. It makes me feel better. But now it's making me think, gosh, my, my life is more than just about me. And it, and it helps me focus on others, which is, it's just amazing. It's good for the world. Oh, it is. I remember one of my colleagues, uh, every time she makes different sales, I think every for, for every $500, they're able to buy a toilet and mm -hmm. they install that, uh, you know, in different locations yeah. around India. And the reason that prompted her to do that was because she realised so many young girls don't go to school because there's only, I don't think they actually have yeah. toilets, so they have to go yeah. to the and uh you know and so every five dollars they celebrate because they know that that's going to enable awesome. hundreds you know mm -hmm. of uh, young girls to go to school that's the kind of thing that i think is exciting and and really what we're called to do to do you know as, mm -hmm. as christians one story that i want to share it hasn't got anything to do with donating but or, or giving in in that sense with with donors but how providentially uh, we can sow a seed or, or give money or support, whatever it is, in an area and it through consequences leads to something. I remember one of my brothers was a missionary in Nigeria, I believe, and uh, one of the, the towns that they were going through, there was a young girl that was sick and he gave her some, they gave her some medicine or arranged it to have medicine and that girl was healed, never thinking anything of it. I don't know what the time period was, but they ended up uh, in a town and the, the, the witch doctor was, was going to, uh, you know, kill them. But at the corner of his eye, the, the chief, and I'm paraphrasing, so mm -hmm. the chief saw my brother. He said, oh, 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 oh. unbeknownst to my brother, the young girl who he helped, you know, gave the medicine mm -hmm. to was the, the daughter's, the, wow. the chief's daughter. Wow. And it's because of that generosity and helping that mm -hmm. 
had and who knows what what could have happened and uh, mm. don't know brilliant. what what that uh, what that act of kindness that act of generosity um does share a little bit more about the importance of durable relationships you say that transcends success and failure share a bit more about that yeah i, I think as um this is all entrepreneurs not just christian entrepreneurs but i think um uh, leading a business can be hard and it can be lonely. Honestly, when the buck always stops with you and you don't feel like there's anybody there who can relate to you. And, and to be honest, it's sometimes hard at church, you know, like walking into a home group and talking about problems at the business you run sometimes falls a little flat, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and so surrounding yourself with, with people who think like you, but, um but don't want anything from you they're there for the long haul and so on your good days your bad days your failures and your successes that you know that there's a group of people that have your back they can hold you accountable and they can encourage you and they can be there just when you're when you're lonely or having a hard day i think that is underappreciated any young kid that i meet with now they say you know how do I climb the corporate ladder? Or, you know, should I get into finance and then go, go up? I'm having this conversation with my son right now, actually. And I, I always tell him, look, you should focus on building relationships, not relationships from people you can get something out of, but relationships where you give and they give, because those relationships are the things that will sort of make or break the joy in your career, whatever you end up doing. And I just, especially among Christian entrepreneurs, I, I run into a lot that are just lonely. It's hard. And they don't always feel like they have an outlet at church. And so being very intentional about building durable relationships for the long term is critical. Yeah. What I love about, uh, you know, you're encouraging of, of this and that they're being lonely here in Australia. And I'm sure that there are multiple groups even you know, through and across the U.S. as well. And because of the technology that we have, I mean, distance, location, you know, location, logistics, it doesn't matter. We can still connect by technology. There are, thankfully, more and more communities, groups that are mm -hmm. being created that really do nurture um, business owners. Because, yeah, we're a different bunch, you know, we're a different bunch, uh, mm -hmm. aren't we? And, and so it's good to be able to, to share amongst other Christians as well and, and to be able to pray for, for one another as, as well. And and so that's, you know, if someone's listening, uh, do you have any communities that you know of or that, that you personally are, are part of that you can recommend? Yeah, I mean, I think um, there, there are several. I think that there's a, uh, a growing group around faith-driven entrepreneur. And so I would definitely check out that network of, in that community. They have several sort of sub-communities that get together and do stuff together. And so um, faith-driven entrepreneur would be a huge one. I um, uh, The other funny thing here is I think like durable Christian relationships are critical, but there's communities that I'm involved in that... Um, or not like I'm involved with a group of, of entrepreneurs here in Phoenix that are just amazing. They're all doing technology companies similar to mine. And it's a mixed bag in terms of what they believe about the world. But at least there's this moment where you can sit down and you have a safe place to admit failure or, you know, this is what's going on in my family or, or whatever it is. And so I, it's, it provides an amazing outlet. And I think sometimes if we just think about being vulnerable in our Christian communities, we sort of, miss out on giving people that aren't Christian the ability to see that, you know, 
Christians are human too, and that vulnerability actually creates trust. And so um, I, I think that you shouldn't neglect just the obvious communities around you that you already have, even if they're not Christian. Absolutely. And it, as you say, it's a great way for people to connect and realize that, you know, as Christians, we're not that weird. We're <laughs> <laughs> And it's, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, so, so, so true. And I love the way that you've said around, you know, the, the vulnerabilities and, you know, the, the successes and the failures. I mean, as we know, as business owners, there's ups and downs, and this has probably been one of the most challenging years for mm -hmm. many people, because uh, maybe some people have thrived through business, but, you know, through personal relationships or people that they've known have been impacted. And so this is so important, isn't it, to really lean lean on, on him, of course, but but get the support from others as well. Is that something that you've always um, that, that you've always sought out or were you introduced that? And why I ask that is sometimes people feel a little bit apprehensive to go to those groups. Mm -hmm. You know, and so were you invited or how did that how how did that work for you? Yeah, for me, I, I honestly just lucked out or God's sovereignty sort of dropped me in the middle of a bunch of people that were really, really helpful. And I'm so grateful for that and thankful for that. But, um, and I, I didn't think this way early in my career. I didn't think, I didn't value the importance of people and community and relationship in, in business. Right. And not, again, not to get anything out of it or to sell anybody or to do a deal, but just relationship for relationship. And, um, but I would say that the communities are out there and so seek them out, work hard to find them and build those relationships. Um, don't be like me and just wait for God to drop it in your lap. Yeah, it's kind of like I've been waiting. Gabe, I'm just going to put it right smack in front of your path. Yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> I know it's it's interesting. A lot of the conversations that I have and, and my previous guests and as I am as well are introverts. So for us, relationships are important, but we may not necessarily seek that out. We're not extroverts, you know, that, mm -hmm. that it. but it's important for other aspects. I mean, a problem that you need, someone's got a solution for that you don't even realise something has been created. So it's that mm -hmm. kind of knowledge, share and, and support. And how often as business owners do we feel that, oh, you know, this only happens to me. It's like, oh, they, you know, that happens to everyone. This is what you need to do. And it can set you on the path. And, okay, let's try again. And that's so yeah. important. So important. And I think that the right kind of people, too, can tell you hard things in love. Like, you know, I'm, I have a history of being a, a people pleaser, you know. But, you know, people around me are brave enough to say, why are you so anxious that you think they're upset with you? I'm like, well, I don't want anybody to be upset with you. And, you know, the people that know me well say, you know, that's pride, right? You're just looking for the approval of people and everything you do. I'm like, shoot. Yeah, you're right. You know? <laughs> and so I think that just those flat spots, but like you said, just knowing that somebody else is, is in it, they're in the thick of it too. And it's, and it's hard, but it's hard for everybody. And there's a community of you just knowing that you're not in it alone is so huge. So huge it is. So share a little bit more, uh, Gabe, about uh, Virtuous, how people can find out more. I mean, obviously, you are, are very much specialising in the area to support um, fundraising, responsive fundraising, obviously, for, for, for mm -hmm. non-profits. Actually, you said for profit sectors too. So share a little bit more. You, some of the pro products that you have can be used. That would be incredible to be able to have people on, a, you know, on, on, on the software to be able to connect with them as such a responsive way share a little bit more 
Yeah, yeah. Our um, so Virtuous is pretty much nonprofits only, but some of the products that I done in the past were were for for profit, um, and just a, a mixed bag of a bunch of different uh, products. Honestly, we did we did apps for the sport of golf for a while, and so it's been all over the map. But um, yeah, if you're interested in learning more about Virtuous, you can go to virtuous.org. That's a great place to learn more. Um, and if you're interested in generosity and how that works in the nonprofit context or fundraising, um, if I know some of the folks that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs, but they may be involved on nonprofit boards or serve for nonprofits. And so these are important things that come up a lot. You can check out the book Responsive Fundraising. You can find it on um, Amazon. And so it's the book that we wrote that sort of imagines this this new world where we're able to be more personal around generosity. And so fundraising is much more personal than it has been in the past. And so if you're interested, that's a, that's a great place to start. Fantastic. Share a little bit more about your podcast too. Yeah, we um, responsive fundraising podcast. And so we just talked to uh, a lot of industry leaders in the nonprofit space about fundraising and building personal relationships and a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. So it's a ton of fun. I love the podcast world. I don't think I'm good at it, but I'm a podcast junkie myself. And so oh, I love it's a great part of it. message and stories, isn't it? I can imagine mm-hmm. the, um, because I mean, what you're talking about, you know, responsive fundraising and really being far more engaged with, uh, you know, donors, with people who are supporting, mm-hmm. um, your your cause i mean whether you're a not-for-profit or a for-profit you know it's a customer they are supporting your investing i mean obviously the outcome is the solution you're providing but if a non-for-profit just knowing that i'm supporting uh, your business supporting others and together you know we're helping uh support Mm -hmm. wider community they're still human beings you know so so relevant i think it really kind of overlaps beautifully so so again the the website is uh, virtuous and if they want to listen to the podcast is there a special website for that or will, is that from that website as well yeah you just go to virtuous.org and i think click on learn and you'll see the responsive fundraiser podcast and so um or you can find it on any of the major stores as well yeah, fantastic. One of the things that I do at the end of each show, uh, Gabe, is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that today? Absolutely. Okay, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak to Gabe today and uh, how we were reminded that, um, you know, as Christians, it's not just what happens on a Sunday morning, but rather what happens every day of, of the week and that we can glorify you, we can contribute to the kingdom, whether we're working as software developers, uh, cleaners, teachers, doctors, whatever that we do, Father, we can do to your glory. Father, we just pray for uh, Virtuous, for Gabe's business. Father, we also for the clients that he deals with as well, um, that, uh, yeah, that you'll continue to bless the work, that, uh, you know, more people will be able to be supported through the fundraising that I know that his platform enables his clients to do as well, which, of course, is going to impact those people receiving receiving those funds so that they can then, uh, in turn, uh, really support their community as well. Father, we know that across the world there are so many people who are struggling with uncertainty, um, not really knowing what the future holds. But as we know as Christians, we don't have to worry because we are certain in you and we know who holds our future. So we just continue to pray for them that they will find peace and comfort that we know and have been promised that when we seek that out in Jesus, um, we will experience a peace and 
that just transcends understanding. Father, we just want to thank you again. And we ask this in uh, Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Gabe, for for coming on the show. As I said, continue blessings with all of the work that you do. And uh, I know you're, you're impacting many, many lives around the world through yeah your your expertise the tech that you've created and of course the message that you continue to share on your podcast as well so thank you once again for coming on the show yeah thanks it's been a pleasure thanks so much for having me 